Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on this uh, Thanksgiving edition of the Bob Harden Show. I really appreciate your tuning in. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Hope uh, loved ones will be involved and a lot of gratitude in your home. Uh, the show is brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Visit lifeinnaples.net to find out more. We have a terrific guest for today's show. Uh, Keith Flaws, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, will visit with Keith. Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Studies at the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Michael. Not sure if uh, Mayor Bill Barnett will be joining us, but I hope so. And maybe Linda Harden will drop in as well. It is November the 26th, and on this day in 1941, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed a bill officially establishing the fourth Thursday in November as Thanksgiving Day. The tradition of celebrating the holiday on Thursday dates back to the early days of Plymouth and Massachusetts Bay Colonies when post-harvest holidays are celebrated on a weekday, regularly set aside as Lecture Day, a midweek church meeting where topical sermons were presented. A famous Thanksgiving observance occurred in the autumn of 1621, of course, when uh, Plymouth Governor William Bradford invited local members of the uh, uh, Indian tribe to join the pilgrims in a festival held in gratitude for the bounty of the season. Thanksgiving became an annual custom throughout New England in the 17th century, and in 1777, the Continental Congress declared the first National American Thanksgiving following the Patriot victory at Saratoga. In 1789, President George Washington became the first president to proclaim a Thanksgiving holiday when the request at the Congress, he proclaimed November the 26th, a Thursday, as the day of national Thanksgiving for the U.S. Constitution. However, It was not until 1863 when President Abraham Lincoln declared Thanksgiving to officially fall on the last Thursday of November that the modern holiday was celebrated nationally. With a few deviations, Lincoln's president was followed annually by every subsequent president until 1939. In 1939, Franklin D. Roosevelt departed from the tradition by declaring November the 23rd, the next to last Thursday of the year, as Thanksgiving uh, Day. Considerable controversy surrounded that deviation, and some Americans refused to honor Roosevelt's declaration. For the next two years, Roosevelt repeated the unpopular proclamation, but on November the 26th, 1941, he admitted his mistake and signed a bill in law officially making the fourth Thursday of November the national holiday of Thanksgiving Day. I think what's uh, interesting about that is how much influence popular opinion Court of Public Opinion had on the final result of Thanksgiving being on uh, the last Thursday of uh, the month in November. Happy uh, Thanksgiving to you and your family. Well, the Florida Department of Health reported about 167 new cases and no additional deaths in Cuyahoga County on Wednesday. There were 79 folks in the hospital, in Cuyahoga County Hospital, so they're certainly not being overrun right now. Uh, Florida Governor DeSantis, I just got an email uh, from a friend of mine saying, Ron DeSantis, he's not making good decisions. He's the worst. I mean, we're we're all going to die, et cetera, et cetera. Anyhow, I I so much appreciate the fact that I see things differently, that uh, Ron DeSantis is our governor. 
He extended his order blocking local governments from enforcing mask mandates across the Sunshine State. He said in Florida, we'll never do any of these lockdowns again, extended the order he issued in September, which lifted key restrictions in the state and suspended fines for breaking local protocols in relation to mask wearing. Just as an act of executive grace, all outstanding fines and penalties that have been applied against individuals are now suspended, DeSantis announced at the time in the initial order. I think we need to get away from trying to penalize people for not social distancing and work with people constructively, he added. That is so good. I just appreciate his, his wisdom. His decision to extend his order follows pressure from several Florida mayors who are calling for a statewide mask mandate, having a mask mandate throughout the state so there's consistency allowing us to individual counties and cities to determine what other restrictions make sense. That, according to St. Petersburg Mayor Rick Kreisman, uh, Miami Beach Mayor Bill Dan Galber attributed an enormous surge in coronavirus cases to the governor's opening the economy and preventing local governments from enforcing individual mask mandates. So people do see things differently, but according to the WSVN, the city of Miami Beach plans to issue citations to people who refuse to wear facial coverings, although officials will not be able to immediately penalize uh, violators with a $50 fine due to the extension of DeSantis' order. DeSantis' uh, office reiterated last week that the governor will not lock down the state of Florida, even as fellow governors retighten the restrictions in their respective uh, states. The governor will not lock down and hurt families who can't afford to shelter in place for six weeks, especially not for a virus that has a 99.8% survival rate, his office stated. The primary focus of concern he has office added remains on assisted living facilities. God bless Ron DeSantis, and thank goodness he is the governor of the state of Florida. Now here's the deal. My friend who uh, thinks that the governor's made a mistake, uh, I prefer not to wear a mask, and I try not to go anywhere where a mask is required. It's not that I don't care about other people's health. I do. I care about my own health and our family's health. But you know what? I trust people will make good individual decisions with regard to their own health. My friend, if he knows this about me, and I'll let him know, he should just stay away from us, and uh, we should not include us in their social affairs until this whole thing is over. I agree with Governor DeSantis. We will make good decisions for ourselves and those that have subordinated or uh, repressed uh, uh, immune systems can certainly stay away and make, take special concerns and cautions in their social events. Well, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention may soon shorten the recommended quarantine period for possible exposure to COVID-19 in the hopes that more people will follow the advice, that according to a report. The agency is finally uh, finalizing plans to cut down the suggested 14-day isolation period to between 7 to 10 days, that according to the Wall Street Journal. The new guidelines would include a test to ensure people quarantining uh, is ne are negative for the coronavirus. We think that the work that we've done and some of the studies we've and modeling data that we have show that we can t uh, testing shortened quarantine this according to uh, some, the CDC. Hopefully people will be better able to adhere to the quarantine. In other words, no science involved in this. Uh, basically saying, you guys not going to adhere? Well, maybe we could shorten the period and people will cooperate. Anyhow, kind of a farce in my opinion. President Trump has pardoned Michael Flynn, who is targeted as part of the Democrat Russia's collusion hoax, and he pled guilty to lying to the Federal Bureau of Investigation about talking with a Russian diplomat during the 
2016 Trump transition, Attorney General Bill Barr has previously pushed for a federal court in Washington, D.C. to drop the case. Taking to Twitter, President Trump announced that it was a great honor to uh, grant a full pardon. Congratulations to General Flynn and his wonderful family. I know that uh, you'll now have a terrific, fantastic Thanksgiving, he added. Uh, There's no reason why this should have gone on like this. This Emmett Sullivan judge, uh, he's certainly a judicial activist. What he's done is absolutely criminal. And uh, General Flynn, the reason why he pled guilty is because uh, they were making threats on his son and his family if if he didn't cooperate, if he didn't quote-unquote sing or compose to the FBI. So he pled guilty to protect his family. And now when people look back at the evidence, it was obviously... Uh, it was obviously a prosecutorial misconduct on the part of the FBI. He, he should have gone free without this pardon. Joe Biden said once that the America won't stand for the results on the November 3rd election not being honored. Our democracy was tested this year, Biden said in Thanksgiving Day address in his hometown of Wilmington. And what we learned is this. The people of the nation are up to the task, he said. In America, we have full and fair and free ele- elections that we honor the results, he said. The people of this nation and the laws of the land won't stand for anything else, he said. Well, uh, Joe, first of all, I don't think anybody is particularly moved by your statements, but the second of all, I see so much enthusiasm for this pre- president rightfully winning the election. And I agree with you. Uh, we need to act, make sure that the rightful winner of this election serves for the next four years. I suspect it's not going to be you. Uh, consumer confidence fell to a three-month low as hope faded across the America in November. Uh, and I think this probably has a lot to do with how the outlook about if there was a Biden presidency, how thing would, things would go. I think that's really affecting consumer confidence. having an impact on the market, too. Market was down yesterday. Well, uh, there's just a lot of news with regard to the elections. I'm not sure I'll be able to get to it in this segment, but uh, on Wednesday, a uh, Pennsylvania judge ordered officials to stop the certification process for the recent election for that state pending a hearing on Friday. Now, this came from Commonwealth Justice Patricia McCullough, who's mandated the state of Pennsylvania not move forward in certifying any and all of the election results in the state until the election contest has been decided. Uh, in addition to that, there was this, well, big event Yesterday, President's legal team on Wednesday urged the Pennsylvania legislature to hold off on certifying the state's 2020 election results amid allegations of voting irregularities and the potential fraud there. Now, we watched this. I don't know if you get uh, OAN, uh, One American News Network, really terrific. And so we watched the entire proceedings, and it was very, very impressive. I left the uh, president called in and uh, did kind of a Zoom vi- video or meeting with the participants. A lot of enthusiasm for uh, what is going on there. And I think this, that really, it's now going to be up to, I think, the uh, judicial legislatures, according to the Constitution, to make a decision about where Pennsylvania is going to go. I, I just really believe uh, that's going to be the outcome. The other thing that I want to talk about, and I'm not sure we're going to have time today, is yesterday. The Kraken was released. Uh, Sidney Powell uh, filed her case in Georgia yesterday evening, and uh, we want to talk about that a little bit later in the show. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. 
Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Lifeinnaples.net is the website. Okay, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and building a new performing arts center, beautiful building in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Michael Cannon. He's the uh, director of health studies at the Cato Institute. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith Law is the co-founder of one of the, I think, a terrific organization based right here in Florida. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Keith. I hope you have a wonderful day planned for you and your loved ones. Um, Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, We're a coalition of, uh, and we've grown, uh, we're really excited this year, we've grown to over 100,000 people in our database. Wow. Supporters. Uh, from 70 at the beginning of the year. Um, we have uh, we work with well over 100 groups across the state, and we're very active in K-12 through education um, to uh, reform. And the, what we, when we say reform, what we're really talking about is 
um, promoting and, and strongly advocating for school choice or parental choice and for trying to get the indoctrination out of our school systems, the public school systems. Yeah, and that would include, you know, white fragility, 1619 project, all kinds of things that are that I think are threatening the quality of education for people K through 12. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, a, uh, I'm proud to say that I'm a founding member of the Florida Citizens Alliance. I've seen it grown from a few people around a table to what you said is 100,000 now on the mailing list. Just and, But accomplishing great things uh, for kids and parents uh, here in the Florida, you know, who are in the public school system, yeah, maybe it's time to just reflect a little bit on all the things that you've accomplished. Well, I, that, <clears throat> excuse me, I appreciate the opportunity that. I mean, the, the, that time of year when we should stop and reflect and uh, think about what we're thankful for. Yeah. And with regard to Florida Citizens Alliance, uh, first and foremost, I've got to mention our team, uh, our core team. Uh, you're, you have Pastor Rick on your show. I don't know what uh, what I'd do without him, frankly. Yeah. Um, he, he and I are um, just uh, make a great partnership on team. Uh, as you may have noticed, Bob, I can sometimes be a ready fire aim guy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a little bit impatient. And uh, Pastor Rick is a really good balance for that. So um, we, that's been very very helpful in building the relationships. That I, I, I would like to. You may be impatient, but you're also extremely persistent. So. <laughs> I'd like to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess uh, my wife would agree with that. <laughs> um, and and then, of course, uh, Dominique Clements. Uh, she's been on your show a couple times. Yep. She was our intern for four years out of out of Hillsdale. Uh, 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 she's now our full-time operations manager, and she's just an amazing uh, resource. We're so blessed to have her uh, on our team. Uh, I can't tell you uh, how... How much we've been able to move the ball this year in a very good direction towards parents. Yeah. Um, you know, we developed that Liberty Scholar new website. Yeah. Uh, that's getting some really solid reviews. And uh, so. Uh, yeah, let's just say a little bit more about this because the people may not be aware that there's a website that's really a resource for parents and thinking about choices for their kids. It's libertyscholar.org. Liberty Scholar. Org is the website, and I just strongly encourage you. If uh, with this whole issue around, uh, you know, what should we do about our kids? Should we you know, homeschool? Should we offer, you know, charter schools? Or uh, what are our choices here? Uh, you'll find it there on the Liberty Scholar website. Yeah, it actually uh, has the homeschooling aspect. We build a really good partnership with uh, Classical Conversation, and we're in the process of building one with a. Freedom Project Academy, which is more, which is a virtual school versus a homeschool. Mm. So those are two really solid relationships um, that will help parents uh, if, if that happens to work for them and their child or children. Um, but the other major emphasis on the website um, is the, the, uh, the scholarship programs that we have here in Florida uh, that are, you know, offer the competition. Uh, I've often said, and you've heard me on your show say that. Um, you really can't reform a monopoly. You have to break it. Mm -hmm. And the way you break a monopoly is through competition. And by solid competition, you actually improve the existing public schools as well. So, um, all of that is uh, on the website. Uh, we've got lots of, of stories from moms and dads, mostly moms, um, that, that should inspire uh, other families to uh, take charge. Kids. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's the whole focus. Yeah, 
Well, and it's, uh, I would also like to point out to our listeners that here, just over eight or nine years since you've been in existence, since we've sat around that table, you have uh, the Florida Citizens Alliance, and especially you and Pastor Rick have great influence on the Florida legislature. They welcome your input, and uh, the, also the Commissioner of Education in Florida certainly is uh, including you in conversations with regard to improving education in public schools. Even the governor, I think, has uh, has a uh, You've touched and your work has splashed on the governor his, and his thoughts as well. So we're just very grateful for the work that you're doing, Keith. And uh, now, so what can we look forward to? Well, uh, we're right in the middle of uh, this season, getting ready for the next legislative cycle, which starts officially. This the, this, the legislature will go into session in the end of the first week of March, uh, but they've started their committee weeks, and yeah. so. Actually, um, the legislatures in each county are required to have a hearing um, to, to let the community members come forward. I, I usually call them begging sessions because most people uh, are government agencies coming in there begging the legislature for, for more money, which ought to be interesting this year with COVID. But anyway, yeah. uh, we use those sessions. Uh, it, it has to be one legally in, all, in each of the 67 counties. We have team members, and that's one of the other things we're really thankful for. We have team members in now over 30 counties that are going to present our legislative, education legislative agenda to, to their local hearing. That's fantastic. Um, that's really important because when, when those legislators hear about uh, what we're trying to do from their local constituents, when we do end up going to Tallahassee, I can't tell you how many times legislators told us, hey, I remember that. Yeah. Um, one of my local constituents, or we had a team of local constituents who took us through um, what you guys are trying to do. So it just really helps, you know, cement the relationship when we do go to Tallahassee. Absolutely. Well, I think it would be great if our listeners can find out more, perhaps meet you at some occasion. I know you've got a couple of public events are coming up uh, soon. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, we have uh, two Christmas parties, one in Fort Myers. Uh, and one in uh, at Seed to Table. Um, the one in Fort Myers is on December 8th. Uh, we were originally uh, had a commitment from General Jerry Boykin, but he's now having emergency surgery. We just learned that. So, whoops. Um, <laughs> whoops is right. So, <laughs> but um, that event is on the on the 8th at um, place used to be called Society and is now called the Treehouse Lounge. And uh, Byron Donalds will be our guest. Speaker. Fabulous. Uh, but it'll be basically a meet and greet. Yeah. The next night uh, at Seed to Table. And that night is? Uh, the, the first one is the 8th of December. Uh -huh. uh, and the second one is the 9th of December at Seed to Table uh, here in, in, in Collier County. Um, and again, Byron's going to be our, our, our guest speaker there. Outstanding. So it, 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 it'll really be a meet and greet and an a festive environment. I don't know if you know this, but Dominique has an excellent singing voice, actually an opera voice, and she's going to be leading us in a few Christmas carols, and oh, nice. this should be a, a fun, festive time. Yeah, I'd see the table such a great place anyhow. I mean, they uh, just uh, Alfie Oaks has just done a great job of creating, you know, you go to some, some stores and you just, you know, these people are unhappy, they're angry and irritable because of mass and all that type of thing. Seed to Table is just a joyful place. So what time is the event on the 9th? Um, the, the, both events are from 5 to 7. So all the right. Lee County event is 5 to 7, and 
I'm sorry, I misspoke. It's seven to nine. Seven to nine. Both, okay. Both, so, both events are seven to nine. All right. So you can visit goflca.com, goflca.com to find out more. You can also, don't forget about this Liberty uh, Scholar website as well, libertyscholar.org. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. I just really appreciate taking uh, your time from Thanksgiving to join us. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Take care. My pleasure indeed. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon. He is the uh, research, I should say he's actually the director of health studies at the Cato Institute. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere. That includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Offshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Yeah, just a little shout out to St. Matthew's House doing a great job of supporting people in need, especially over Thanksgiving right now. A lot of people are going to have a Thanksgiving dinner thanks to St. Matthew's House and the great work they do. Also underscore and, and uh, thank uh, the Holacek Family Foundation. They own uh, Lulabee's Diner right there in the Green Tree Shopping Center. have made a great contribution to uh, St. Matthew's House. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Naples Mayor Bill Barnett, or former mayor. Right now, we have with us Michael Cannon. Uh, Michael is the Director of Health Studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. Thank you, Michael, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I really appreciate happy Thanksgiving your... Thanksgiving to you. Bob. Yeah, thank you for taking time today. 
So uh, the president has signed uh, just this past week, I think, a new bill with regard to drug pricing. Uh, it has something to do with ma- making us uh, a Medicare and Medicaid uh, drug prices in a most favored nation uh, model, whatever that means. Anyhow, I hope you could clear up all this stuff and tell us what's going on. Well, we've been hearing for years, mostly from Democrats, that the federal government needs to negotiate. The Medicare program needs to negotiate with drug companies. Mm-hmm. The reason they're saying that is because the Medicare program is overpaying for all sorts of drugs. In the Medicare Part D plans that are that provide prescription drug coverage, uh, in the uh, other parts of Medicare, what, what we call Part B, the physician uh, insurance part where the federal government pays for drugs that physicians administer. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the program, there's you know there's evidence that the federal government is paying way more than a market price for uh, for prescription drugs, and uh, and yet uh, Democrats haven't been able to get any legislation through Congress. Congressional uh, Republicans uh, don't really care all that much that this is not really a priority for them, um, uh, and. Uh, and, and yet President Trump, in sort of a Nixon goes to China uh, 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 moment, mm-hmm. proposed and has now finalized a regulation, not a, not a piece of uh, legislation that went through Congress, but a, a regulation that says how the executive branch is going to interpret the law uh, and implement it. A regulation that, set, that has changed the way the Medicare program comes up with the prices that it pays for prescription drugs, and uh, that that new formula is going to reduce the prices that the Medicare program pays for all sorts of prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, uh, he's gotten pushback from a lot of conservative groups and Republicans on this oh. because, uh, which is ironic, because this is a regulation that will reduce government spending. And yet, a lot of conservatives are saying, "No, no, 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 no! You shouldn't be doing this because uh, it's you, you know you're uh, the argument is you're importing foreign price controls, uh, which is sort of you know inflammatory rhetoric that that it's also misleading." Yeah. So, uh, Michael, but, I mean, the the question would be: Doesn't big pharma contributions to campaigns and uh, you know they're very tight, making sure that everybody's happy with the amount of money they're receiving to to run their campaigns. I'm not saying they're buying votes, but my, my point is this, the big pharma has a lot of influence and they can't be happy with the president's decision here. They are not happy. Now, I'm not one who says that uh, campaign contributions buy votes. I think that the contributions follow the vote. That's right. Uh, however, in this case, you do have a lot of uh, conservative members of Congress and conservative Activist groups who talk about wanting to reduce government spending, yeah, but who in this case uh, are are in favor of higher government spending, and they're getting money from pharma to uh, to, to to violate that principle that they uphold in other areas. So it does it is a little fishy, but pharma definitely does not like this. Pharma loves the fact that. The Medicare program overpays for drugs, yeah. uh, and by, in part by giving drug companies 
control over the prices that the government pays. Yeah. You know, the, the Part B program, this is an example of how bad a negotiator the federal government is when it comes to drug prices. The, the, those physician-administered drugs that we talked about, these could be chemotherapy agents, they could be other, other drugs that you receive in a physician's office. The federal government says, we will pay you physicians uh, 106% of the uh, price that, uh, that drug companies pay or the drug companies charge for these drugs, uh, the, the prices that they charge private payers. Well, as soon as the federal government says, we're going to pay 106% of something, yeah. that's going to cause the price to go up because the, dr- the drug companies are going to uh, increase the prices they charge for private payers yeah. in order to increase the price they get from the government. And the physicians realize, well, wait a second. If I choose the most expensive drug to give to my patients, then I, I'm getting 106%. I'm getting that extra 6% of a higher price. Right. Uh, then, uh, and so I'm going to choose the, the most expensive drug. It's inherently inflationary. And the Trump administration has changed that formula so, so that, that price will, those prices will come down. So, Michael, you know, I thank you for clarifying. I did not understand any of that. So basically, we've got a built-in model that inflates the prices of drugs that are being paid uh, for Medicare and Medicaid patients, both the doctors and to big pharma. So uh, that's that's the first problem. I guess the the main thing is, uh, you know, and so the the here we have a solution that the governor government's going to take through executive order is going to take control and reduce these prices. You know, this I think that it, as as usual, this is going to lead to more problems somehow, some way. I'm quite sure. How do we get government out of this entire process? So I've always said that the right amount, the right price that the government should be paying for prescription drugs and other types of health care is zero. Mm-hmm. The government should not be buying health care because it is such a terrible negotiator. And so anything that the government does to move the actual prices it pays in the direction of zero is a good thing. Um, even if it causes access problems, because what we ultimately want to do is stop the government from buying health care it, itself. And if you want to subsidize people's health care consumption, what the only thing the government should be doing is giving people cash and trusting them to spend it on their health care because they'll spend it much more wisely than the government does. They'll demand lower prices that that'll spark price competition and healthcare will become more affordable as a result of that price competition over time, just like other things do. Uh, the model for this is really the social security program. Mm-hmm. Unlike Medicare, social security trusts you to spend that money uh, yourself, spend it wisely. If we took all the money the federal government is spending on Medicare, more than $600 billion, just put that into the social security program, and distributed it to seniors based on, uh, you know, who has the heaviest disease burden, they'll get the bigger Medicare checks. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we would we would not have these these pricing problems. We would have uh, we would not have these uh, uh, inflated prices. We would have price competition, and healthcare would get not only would healthcare get more affordable for everybody yeah. uh, because of that price competition, including the most vulnerable. But we wouldn't have to spend so much on the Medicare program. Yeah. We wouldn't need to spend $600 billion to provide the same level of health care to all seniors. We could 
spend a lot less, reduce the federal deficit, reduce the tax burden of the Medicare program on workers, including low-income workers. So, Michael, I know that you're apolitical as a member of the Cato Institute. You're a libertarian. That's what you stand for, just keeping the government out of our lives, which which is one of the reasons I go to you and others at the Cato Institute for support on uh, information on this program. So, I, you know, what I would conclude, and I would appreciate your feedback on this, is the, the president has made an unpopular uh, decision with regard to the health care institutions, including Big Pharma and politicians. But in, in, the, in light of the fact that we're not going to get government out of uh, health care anytime soon, he's made a good decision. What are your thoughts? So I think it is a good decision, and I I, I think it is uh, not necessarily unpopular. Uh, I think that it's very close to what uh, Joe Biden has talked about in terms of reducing the uh, overpayment for prescription drugs. I think the Biden administration is going to implement this. Yeah. Uh, uh, if because it, you know it does look like he is going to be the president, yeah. and he uh, and he has said favorable things about uh, this sort of approach. Yeah, and so uh, I think it is it is a it is one of a couple of things that the Trump administration has done right on healthcare reform, and and interestingly one that has bipartisan appeal. All right, good, Michael Cannon, the health director of health studies at the Cato Institute. By the way, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that this is going to be just another attempt by the left to try and overthrow this president, which isn't going to work. But, you know, we'll see. Anyhow, I just really appreciate your comment commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving, too. Always a pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Bob. Stay safe. You as well. Thank you, Michael. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children to the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Cairo County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on this beautiful Thanksgiving morning. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we may be visiting with Mayor Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Right now we have with us Linda Harden, 
my wife, my beautiful wife, she also is the author of Greetings from Paradise. She'll find a tab on my website with her past columns. She writes about some of the interesting things that are going on here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I've got to pot up your microphone. I potted up. Say it again. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, honey. So, hey, um, you've been looking at the news this morning, and uh, I have not had a chance to really take a look at what Sidney Powell has filed in Georgia. And I understand there's a big uh, decision from the Supreme Court. There's so much news this morning, and it's so exciting mm-hmm. uh, to wake up, and, and I haven't even been able to read all of it yet. But uh, the Supreme Court uh, struck down Cuomo's ruling about um, uh, Jewish synagogues and, and Catholic churches not being able to, to gather. Um, Amy Coney Barrett, the new uh, justice, was one who weighed in on it. it was, it's really cool. Yeah. So basically, I think, I, I'm not familiar with the ruling, but I know he's kind of masked up the entire area, and he's saying, was he saying that synagogues and churches can't... Uh, you can't meet. Yeah. You can't meet. So they overturned that. They, they did. Make, yeah, good for them. That's outstanding. I, thank God for Amy Coney Barrett, because that's that's... You know, she's a she's a strong Catholic, and but it, but I mean, he's he has no right to do that anyway. Well, there's a lot of things. You know, uh, I'm so grateful for our governor. We both got emails this morning from a friend who said, you know, our governor he's really making a big mistake. He, he actually said he's just a terrible governor for not having mask mandates, and that as a result, we're all dying and bad things are happening. The fact of the matter is, I think our governor's made great decisions with regard to our health care. He's saying basically. Look, be careful, make good decisions, but we're not going to have mask requirements in the state, and anybody who opposes them and with fines, uh, is, is, they're not going to be successful. Well, it's, it's just so interesting that people just, you know, blindly follow, like CNN or whatever, and, and follow the fear, when in fact, here's what they don't recognize, is that since California's been a, under a mask mandate for I don't know how many months, every, severe restrictions and whatever, and their, their um, COVID positive testing has gone through the roof. Yeah. And, and that's not just for California, but it's through so many of these states that have these draconian uh, uh, mandates in place. And, and yet the, it just underscores the fact that masks don't work. Besides, don't even get me started on that because we know that masks aren't healthy for you anyway because they inhibit the, your breathing in fresh air, which is supposed to make your immune system what, it, what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I respect the fact that people are fearful. I mean, I think this pandemic of fear is actually more contagious than the actual virus itself. I mean, it's, you can see how people are overwhelmed. You see people riding around in their cars and on bicycles with masks on. It's just unbelievable. My point is, I think that uh, in the long run, uh, uh, Governor DeSantis is going to be exonerated. I think he's done an outstanding job. Well, it's, it's a good reason. So many people think that, because guess what? People are running like wildfire away from these uh, states with all these these lockdowns and where are they coming florida well, let's hope they give them a civics test though before they get here make exactly sure, <laughs> make sure they think clearly but it, you know how scary it is, is that people just don't they just believe this stuff blindly without yeah. even doing their own research yeah absolutely so hey you know uh, I, I know sydney Powell. i read some headlines didn't get to read it carefully but uh, she's filed her suit in uh georgia if i filed a couple of them and they're like 100 pages long and and it I just got started to read. She, she, I, I don't think the woman sleeps. Yeah. I mean, she, she, she filed them before midnight last night, uh. and it's like a hundred pages, mm-hmm. or at least one suit anyway. And it's, it's. Um, I'm going to go read it on Twitter um, in a little while, but 
it, it's with all this Dominion voting systems and how, how our election was manipulated in other countries. Yeah. So here's the thing. Oh, here's what I think is happening, and I appreciate your comments on this. What I see is Sidney Powell and, is separated away from uh, the, uh, the campaign's if, uh, efforts to overthrow the, the uh, elections that were fraudulent. And they're going to do it by ballots and by the arguments of, uh, you know, fair and free elections. Sidney Powell has got a different case. She's basically saying this has been manipulated by Dominion and uh, by this uh, software. Votes have been overturned. It's criminal. And I think she's going to pursue this not only to support the president, but also to support all of us in having free and fair elections and getting this kind of software out of, out of our, our lives. And it was so exciting to watch yesterday. Um, these uh, citizen soldiers who testified in that Pennsylvania hearing. Wasn't yesterday. that something? It, was, it just gave me goosebumps because these people, I mean, it's not just Rudy Giuliani who's out there talking or this Jenna Ellis, who, who's an attorney for the Trump campaign, who, who is an absolute brilliant um, constitutional scholar. Yep. But to hear these regular citizens saying, our vote was robbed. We were we were screwed over, yeah. and and there were countless, and they were they were passionate about it. Yeah. So I mean, when you see hundreds of thousands of people show up in Washington D.C. to to support uh, President Trump, I just don't think the you know you have this whole the court of public opinion. The court of public opinion right now is solidly behind Trump. I, mean, I don't think anybody is. I mean, Biden, when he goes out to speak, he can't even draw flies, never mind a crowd. Well, don't even get me started on Biden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was giving his quote-unquote Thanksgiving message yesterday yeah. on, on social media. And how many people listened in? A thousand. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, him being, I hate to pick on him, but I'm going to, he being a devout Catholic, so to speak, yeah. and he's quoting scripture, and he can't even pronounce psalms. He goes palms. He's, <laughs> <laughs> but let me let me just say this: getting back to the election and yeah. and and um, all these citizen soldiers that are out there, um, they have got so many affidavits, signed affidavits by people who, like this one legislator, said he was he was approached while out walking his dog and says this this vote cannot stand. I was robbed, and he's got more than twenty five. Just this one state legislator in Pennsylvania got over twenty five thousand calls to his office saying. I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to say how my but my vote was yeah. stolen. Yeah. So I mean, this uh, this process is going to take a little while. I know people are are impatient, but you and I watched this thing on One American News Network, which was really cool. If you're not familiar with One American News, uh, take a look at it. They're a great news source. But second of all, they offer great. Uh, I'm going to call it the viewing on television, for uh, for uh, what's going on. They actually show the entire hearing which other networks just totally ignored. Everybody else ignored it. And it was just, uh, you know, Fox, I tuned into Fox briefly to see what they were doing on it, even Fox Business, which you and I watch um, a lot uh, just to get the market stuff. But, but they, were, they were like, oh, well, this is going on and this is going on. They wouldn't let people watch it mm-hmm. because they had all their dribble that they, that they needed to talk about. And, oh, by the way, before, before I end, I could go on about this forever, but let's not forget the pardoning of Michael Flynn yesterday. Yeah, which is a big deal. It's unfortunate that he wasn't, uh, that the judicial process didn't lead to his exoneration. I would have preferred that, but this Emmett Sullivan, the judge involved in this thing, just using really draconian methods and what I consider to be illegal methods in order to make those things happen. So 
It was it's it's uh but I'm I'm so glad he's been pardoned, a full pardon. Yeah, and 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 the left and the and the liberal left and the deep state are probably didn't sleep very well last night as a result because guess what? It was a full full pardon and um He can talk. He knows where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My wife Linda Harden, I want to be the first say just happy Thanksgiving to you, and I'm so grateful we're gonna spend time together today. Hope you're the first because I don't know who else is in here with us. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for joining us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with maybe uh, Mayor Bill Bill Barnett from uh, Naples. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and building a brand-new performing arts center right down in the middle of Naples. Uh, visit the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Bob. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, Bill. Yeah, I um, remember last week I said, uh, we're gonna, you're going to do this on Thursday? You said absolutely. So here we are. Here we are, Bill. You know, I just really appreciate uh, appreciate you. Appreciate Chris. I know that you got family here in town. You got big plans for Thanksgiving. Actually, Bob, um, probably the same as you, and even less, because Chris and I are literally staying home. Uh-huh. Uh, just the two of us. We decide that we have, like you said, we have kids and family in town. But look, 
we see them pretty much all year. Yeah. So if it's going to help to to uh, to uh, uh, do what they're saying and just lay low, that's what we're going to do today. Well, that sounds good. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you and for. All the contributions, I'm just really grateful that you were our mayor and served as on city council for so many years. So thanks for all you've done for all of us. What are you doing today? Well, we've got, uh, we're going to, uh, I'm going to actually uh, get out the golf club and go over and see if I can hit a few balls. And then Good. we've got dinner tonight. Uh, we'll, you know, obviously doing the, the uh, Zoom thing with the kids. Right. And, and then this evening uh, off to M Waterfront Grill for a wonderful nice. Thanksgiving I- dinner. I like M Waterfront. We don't talk much about that. No. Uh, uh, very, very nice restaurant um, and uh, been around for a long time. It has uh, indeed. I, you know, uh, uh, they, they serve a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. And most places you go, it's going to be like 75 100 bucks because it's a holiday type of thing. Right. They're very, very reasonable. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm pretty cheap, Bill. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know that about me, though. That's not, that's not true. I, <laughs> any of your listeners are listening to that. You definitely are not cheap. We've been out to dinner with you many, many times. But you know what? I tell you, and I say this every year, okay, a, a little bit of a curveball. We talk about all the good restaurants, you know, Blue Provence and everything on Fifth and whatever it is. Yeah. You know where the best bang for your buck is? And I'm serious. I'm not joking with you. Is Mel's Diner. Okay? Yeah. Um. Chris and I go there, not necessarily for Thanksgiving dinner, but um, sometimes during the week when we're busy and uh, like Chris says, you know, you want to cook. And I said, no, um, they 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 have a blue zone menu. They also I mean, Bob, you can't finish. You can't finish what they put in front of you. Yeah, no, I've, um, I've heard that, too. It's pretty it's, busy, too, isn't it? I mean, usually people. They, he, they do a nice job. But you know what? They, they, they do give to the community. And as I say, whenever. We go in there. Um, it's kind of a feel-good place. It reminds you, you take the years back and uh, of an old-fashioned diner, but their portions are just unbelievable, and they use pretty much fresh everything. I mean, they and they and they brag about it. So anybody looking for just a place to go and uh, and a good meal, um, and I'm not getting paid for this. I want to tell you. Yeah, uh, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mel's diner. <laughs> yeah, well, let me throw out a good word also to Lula B's Diner as well. Oh Be- yeah, they, they do a great job, and uh, they do support the show. Lula B's uh, Diner is an advertiser on the show, but they also have contributed. There's now a Lula B's Kitchen at St. Matthew's really? House from the Holacek Family oh, yeah. Foundation, and, and that was just opened. That's a full kitchen. It's a full offering breakfast awesome. and lunch. So uh, th- uh, there's another example of doing great things in the community. Lulubee's Diner there in the Green Tree Shopping and, Center. And, and you know what, Bob? Um, uh, we, we, we forget to say it, and you can't say it enough now, is to support our local businesses. So true. Uh, because we need them and they need us. So, uh, uh, you know, that's something we, we probably don't say enough, but uh, it's so true. Absolutely, Bill. Well, you know, uh, the governor put out a, a statement yesterday, which he basically said, look, we're not going to mask everybody up. We're going to let people make individual decisions about their own health care. We're not going to, uh, if they're right. all foreign uh, fines and things that are being used by local communities, they are going to be waived. We will, the people will not have to pay them. You know, in my opinion, I, I mean, right. I, uh, we all have self, uh, our healthy self-interest to preserve our health and to preserve the health of our loved ones and our neighbors. So I just really appreciate him making the decision to to, to do that. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know how much time we have left, but boy, when you look around the country, how about the governor that said you can't drink? Uh, 
was it last night, right? Yeah, um, alcohol suspended. Drink- <laughs> 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 because he said that's the busiest drinking night of the year, the night before Thanksgiving. But he never bothered to say, well, probably one of the reasons that it is is because normal years people have all their family in from out of town or else they're visiting. And it's it's a. Uh, it didn't necessarily mean that they're bar hopping on Thanksgiving Eve. You know what I mean? But absolutely. I, you know, at me right now, if they said there absolutely no mask required, you know, there's people that are fearful out there that that will wear masks. That it, you know, you you can open up the entire economy and say make your own decisions. There's still people that are going to be cautious. People that are going to stay in, and uh, right because they're looking out after their own health and the health of others. So, to me, well, I just really appreciate the governor. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do too. People ask me, um, well, is he going to close us down now with with other states doing that? And my answer is no, um, he's not going to. We passed that, that, that train's left the station already. And I think now with the vaccine coming out really quickly now, I think we're going to start seeing some really good things happening. And that, you know, that's a, that's, that's a wish and a hope. And I, I'm, I'm sure that's going to come true. Absolutely. Bill Barnett, Barnett, again, our former mayor of Naples. Do a, do a great job. I just really appreciate you, your friendship, and your time here on the show, Bill. Thank you so much for joining and us. And did old Bob hit those golf balls good, and I'll see you next Thursday. All I'll right. Thank you. you so much, Take Bill. Take care. You Bye-bye. too. All right. Well, that's kind of a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, was kind of winging it here a little bit. Linda, I think, did a great job. It was great to have her on the show, too. I hope you'll join us tomorrow. We're going to visit with William Yateman. He's a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll have a lot of discussion around what's happening legally with regard to this challenge in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, uh, in Michigan, and uh, Georgia. This could be a really interesting conversation, and he knows his stuff. We'll also visit, I hope, Byron Donalds. I sent off a note to him. I hope he'll be on the show. He's our uh, congressman-elect here on the Paradise Coast. We'll also visit with Sharon Kenny. She's the author of Where Should We Eat and writes commentary on travel, dining, and entertainment. And Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil on Our Doorstep, uh, will join us as well. I, I, if you have any comments about the show, I always appreciate hearing from you. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, I send out a newsletter at the end of uh, each show uh, with the content of what's going on. I hope you if you'd like to be on that list, again, send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great Thanksgiving here on the Paradise Coast or wherever you and your loved ones are. I hope you make it a great day. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>